Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, July 10th, 2023. We are in double-digit days in July. Exciting. And I say that because the sooner we get this month over, the sooner we get to college football. But this is a special week, folks. This one's not so bad of a summer sports radio week because we have Kentucky basketball playing this week, and we are going to talk about it every single day this week here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush is back, and Justin Kalen, he never misses a day. He's here, and we got the gang back together. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Nick Roush, how was the five-day bachelor party? Uh, we had a, we had a good time, a very good time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Uh, certainly still, uh, you know, maybe scream too much. Maybe lost my voice a little bit. It's what happens, uh, when you don't sleep and you're partying pretty hard for a few days, but no, Charleston was great. I, I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever done the, the actual bachelor party planning and all that stuff? It's, it's not the. I was a little nervous. Let's just say that because you're kind of herding cattle, right? You got a dozen guys or so, and you know you got to. All right, guys, we got to get going to the beach. I know we were up late last night, but it's nine a.m. Kind of, let's get going. Let's get moving. Um, but it turned out great. So, uh, Charleston, beautiful town. Uh, a little sweaty though. Turns out Charleston in July also very hot. Um, so who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Um, but um, other than that, though, it was it really was a great time. Uh, no no complaints whatsoever at all. Other than I wish I played golf better. But aside from that, great time, great time. And of course, the complaints of having to play on the bachelor party, get everybody corralled, and it being too hot. But besides those, no other complaints. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. We um, of all of the activities too. I mean, had a great beach day uh saw some dolphins at the beach very Ooh, cool yeah 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 um the the coolest thing we might have done was just get one of those little um those uh bike cabs if you will that have the little rickshaw thing behind them where you just 
put two or three people back there and uh, have them kind of drive us around town going from one uh, kind of portion of their downtown to the next. That was cool. Seeing old Charleston. Very, very old town. Very cool. Um, the <laughs> We also, uh, uh, brief story, the tone was set early of just the ridiculousness you were going to get because, you know, first night, everybody shows up. We're excited to see people. You know, we're we're all old now, and uh, heck, I think uh, I think the guy, the bachelor, was one of the last ones to get married. But you're excited to get into town. Yeah, everybody's getting drinks. You know, we're playing our our beer drinking games, uh, getting the party started before we're going out, and all of a sudden, here, oh my God, what is that? And a critter is running around. Anyway, wait, wait, what? Is there a mouse in here? No, 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 no. Not a mouse. This is this is old Charleston. There's a big old rat. And this rat was running around the kitchen of this pretty nice Airbnb. Well, at least I thought it was. Um, and you would have thought, I mean, this big old group of big, strong men turned into a bunch of squealing little girls just ah, ah, jumping up and down. Uh, running around we finally did uh, at least corral it into a corner of a room before i mean it we did not catch it we thought we thought we could get our wherewithal to kind of be big strong men eventually but we had to squeal like girls first before we chased the thing out of the house at least we thought we'd chase it out of the house. i don't know it was that was something though that was something that that certainly woke us all up Good old mouse in the house. That's how uh, we always, roll. Always exciting. Yeah, Charleston's a cool, cool town. Played a big role. Well, played a role in the Revolutionary War and obviously in the Civil War. Did you all make it out to Fort Sumter? We did not do the history um, part of the town, but that is one thing that's cool. I mean, you could do a whole week there and do something different every day um, between the history, the art, the. I mean, I was I, Folly Beach was great. Um, cool to beach town and uh heck you can do the boating and everything just very very cool port city very cool port city good food and good golf as well yeah it is it is a cool place justin kalen how was your weekend what's up buddy man it was uh i had a long weekend for once normally they go by too fast but this one seemed like it was about four or five days long of course i had my golf scramble on friday morning happy to report tj we finished five under and and beat my stepdad's son's team. They were only four under. So this was that was big time, but there is a little caveat due to the rain coming in on Saturday. They maxed the holes at par, so you couldn't do any worse than par. So we probably would have been like three under had it not been for that. We would have probably bogeyed a couple of them. My sister was being pretty generous with the par putts. So yeah, we we uh we did finish five under, but it probably wasn't a true five under. But I'm happy we beat old buddy's team, so what was the mouse that was the Roushes found in Charleston running that that golf scramble? <laughs> Sounds like a real Mickey Mouse operation, well, if you ask me. So normally they cap it at at bogey, which is understandable. I totally get doing that for a scramble. But yeah, we I mean we had by the time we started on Saturday morning, we only had like three and a half hours before the rain got there. So they were trying to speed it up. And of course, we got freaking stuck behind a foursome that had a child with them and was letting the child hit every shot. So it was like they had a fivesome. 
So we ended up somehow getting by them at some point, and we were cooking after that. But we got rained on for the last three, four holes, so made it not yeah. that enjoyable. But whatever. We, we, we finished five under, and that's all that mattered. We were pumped. You, you jumped ahead of a team in a scramble? Yeah, I mean, they stopped at the clubhouse. <laughs> they, they stopped to hit up Big Bill. We were over it. I mean, we were at the point where we were behind them, like, can you all speed up, please? And there, I understand getting kids out there learning learning the game of golf. That's fine. I'm all good with that. But don't let this kid hit every freaking shot. Come on. I I guess if you if you if you jumped ahead of him at the turn, that's understandable yeah. in a scramble. I, I suppose. I just I thought it'd be funny if after like hole four, you were like, "Hey guys, I know we're all playing the same scramble and we all have to finish somewhat similar times. But you mind if we just jump ahead of you all?" Uh, we don't like waiting for your stupid little kid to hit every shot. <laughs> and that's another thing. Like, I, I, that situation, I can see why you're saying that it'd be frustrating and annoying. And I know you're probably going to agree with me. But, like, I, I would have no issue with that kid hitting every single shot that he wanted and potentially two. You just have to be fast. And you just, like, have to have the ball and club ready to go while the other four people, you know, they line up their shots, they drop their ball, they they fluff it up to get the lie that they want. That's when the little kid should just be over like, you know, three, four feet away. And that's when he should be hitting. And then so that way it's not like, all right, all four people go. And then you let Junior go line up his ball. Okay, let's make sure he's got his fingers gripped right. No, you need to keep your don't don't break your wrist. And here you bring it back like the like you can't do a whole lesson after the other four people have hit. That's where it'd be too much. But just be quick. That's golf 101 just in general, whether it's a kid or an adult or anybody. Just play at a nice speed. And it doesn't matter if you're the worst golfer in the world. Nobody's really going to give a hoot as long as you just keep it moving, partner. Well, and that's what I was going to say is they these team this team was not good as it was. Like all four of them were not. I think they got one birdie on the day. I only heard one shout from their group all day. I, I truly believe the kid was maybe the best on their team. But so and they did do that, TJ. They all four shot, and then they would like circle around. Little Johnny, here you go, buddy. Get hit your shot, and it was super annoying. Yeah. Super annoying. Leave little Johnny at home next time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. That's why Johnny Marker, always yeah. the slowest. Scooch, what was your birdie call? Let's say your team, you can't get worse than a par in this Mickey Mouse scramble, but you all you all hit a birdie. What did what does Scooch do? Uh, the first one was sweet because it was a pretty long putt. I don't remember who. I, I guess it was my sister that sunk it. But yeah, we we just. I'm more. I'm like a fist pump guy. Like a yeah, just like a Tiger okay. Woods fist pump. So nothing too loud. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get ignorant for a birdie. Now, if we would have gotten an eagle at some point, okay, the whole course might have heard it. I'd have done my eagle call. but what? Well, can we, can we get a little sample of it? It goes something like, <laughs> except, for what, except, for, <laughs> except for way louder. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Oh, was, we went yeah, absolutely really good. We went absolutely bonkers at the Big X kickoff classic last year when intern Jacob hit that eagle. Oh, yeah. From, what was it, like 105, 130? It was like 132, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. We, we went wild when he made that one. Uh, rightfully so, and understandably so. But, yeah, it's fun in a scramble to, to do a little hooting and hollering when the play, when you, when you, when you deserve it, I guess, throughout your play. Uh, all right, well, good. Glad you, you had a good weekend. I, I think it did go by too quickly. Uh, I think that mm. they almost all go by too quickly. Bummer. But good good weekend on, on my end. Uh, we didn't, like, have any plans going into it, which is just, like, almost an ideal 
chef's kiss like weekend. Now that being said, plans filled up and we ended up doing several different fun things, but uh, got to golf myself yesterday, which was nice. So get out wow. there. We got out at like 7.05 a.m., which is my almost ideal tea time to go play golf. We were we had a really slow group. Well, I shouldn't say really slow. We had a group in front of us that they had people in front of them, but the people in front of them just went absolutely toasted past them. Um, so we had to wait almost every shot behind this other group, but we still got it. It was still a relatively quick round. If we could have just gotten in front of them, we would have flown by. We walked too, which is really nice. I played well, which was really nice. Nice. My, my handicaps uh, down to twelve, which is also wow. really, really nice. If I could play a little bit more, I, I may be able. And the wife hears that she's like a little bit more. You gotta be <laughs> uh, if I could play a little bit more, I, I really don't think like single digits would be unobtainable by the end of the year. Although I'm probably dream weaving by saying that, but. Uh, but no, that was a good weekend on my end as well. Slept well. Watched the USA game, though. Stayed up a little later than I wanted. Did either one of you two watch the Gold Cup quarterfinals match against Canada? Canada? I, I caught a little bit of it. No, I didn't watch too much. There was a NASCAR race that started at 7, so that's where majority of my focus was on. Did I, I bet the lads did it, though. Right, they, just by the hair on their Uncle Sam chinny-chin-chin did they pull wow. it off. Which, by the way, I, they, they put a stat on there yesterday that I just couldn't believe. The United States has only lost to Canada once ever in the United States when playing the country up north uh, ever. And it was in like 1957 World Cup qualifying in a match in St. Louis, or maybe it was 1956, one of those two years. Uh, but besides that, had never lost to Canada United States scores with like four minutes to go. It was a relatively boring game all things considered although it was pretty chippy so that that made for some fun i, I suppose uh, the united states is kind of our cb team is the group that we had out there for the most part score with and i think like the 86 minute we go up one nothing and then right before stoppage time for the second time in the game they go to a video review to see if we just had an incidental handball in the box and they did, they did it in the first half, right before the end of the first half, they did a review, and it clearly was like a United States handball. This guy like accidentally puts his arm up, his hand up, and the ball just hits it, and that should have been a penalty. But in the first review, which this is wild to me that they could do this, the, the official, who was a replacement official, because the original official got drilled in the head with the ball 45 seconds into the match. Wow which caused a 10-minute delay for, like, an injury timeout. Uh, so there's 10 minutes of stoppage time in the first half, which you very rarely see. But so the official says, yeah, it was a ha after review, it was a handball, but this Canadian guy pushed this other guy unrelated to the play, so we're just calling it nothing because there was a push, then there was the handball, but the push didn't cause the handball or anything like that. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I wonder like how far back in time you can go in a review to make one call outweigh another call or cancel out another call. I hadn't seen it. But then right before stoppage time at the end of the game with the United States up one to nothing, very similar play. They go and they do a review. Unfortunately for the United States, there's no push. Uh, that can bail out this handball. The United States needs to do a better job of keeping their hands where they belong and their arms and their shoulders. Uh, but this was in the box. So Canada got a PK 
they buried it one nothing or one one at that point and stoppage time it, 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 it runs out you're going to extra time because this is the gold cup you can't have a tie here it's the quarterfinals uh, Canada they go through the first overtime there's two overtimes 15 minute periods the additional 30 minutes over all together but after 15 they break it up so in the second 15 Canada scores admittedly I was like all right I'm already so tired I didn't want this game to go to overtime to begin with I turned it off but was following along on my phone shortly after the United States scores at this point you're happy to send it over to penalty kicks goes to penalty kicks idiot Canada misses their first two and the United States eventually <laughs> wins three two in PK so they advance they'll play Wednesday night against Panama in the Gold Cup semifinals. So, Sucky Canada. All is well that ends well. The shriek of 1957 lives on. And Roush, I think, said it best when he said, suck it to Canada. Take it out, you suck it and you suck it. Man, I, I, the um, the replay stuff is fascinating, though. Because I am I do feel like there's a, a hard line in every sport over which kind of calls can be reviewed, cannot. I, I did not know that, that you could go back and tackle on the push that was kind of unrelated to the actual play. Um, and, I, and I'm kind of wondering how – I know the NBA, they're trying to I, – I, I've watched a little bit of Summer League just because that was the only kind of background thing you could have on at the time. And I I know they talked about instituting um, – like uh, upping the ante on reviewing flops – but I don't know if they've done that in the summer league yet or if they're waiting for the season to get that started. But I, I'm fascinated if if it will bog down the game even more because it feels like in other sports, there's there's a very fine line on how much you can add to the review before it just becomes cumbersome. So, um, you know, I had no idea they could you could – I knew they could do offsides and you could uh, – for goals, right, on VAR – did not know you could add in pushes and shoves on top of handballs. Oh, yeah. It, it was interesting. The Even the commentators didn't really know. Uh, he also, like, when he, you know, they do the little hand signal where they, like, make a rectangle, and that means I need to go over to the video review. And it's such so a then, dumb hand signal. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. dumb. It is dumb. And then, like, after they do the review, they're either supposed to, like, point to the penalty kick spot, although they're, like, 50 yards away, or they're just supposed to say, indicate, like, play on, nothing to see here. Well, he – so he gets out of the video review, and he points to the penalty spot, but then he does the play on motion. And it was the most confusing thing that the, the official could do when you don't have, like, so a microphone to publicly say it. He did and the Bofa so, signal. So you had to just like the players were also confused and they were like, wait, so we're playing on or is a penalty? And you like see him again where he like points to the penalty spot, but then he like waves his hands emphatically. And he's like, push them. And then he points to like the goalkeeper to kick it away and continue on play. But the United States got the win, not with the best players out there. It wasn't the prettiest soccer match. They were in Cincinnati, had a great crowd there. Looked looked like an awesome atmosphere. A lot of fun. So good good for the United States. Uh, it's not going to be the only L that Canada takes this week, Roush. Oh, they're getting a lot of L's this week when the Cats head to the Global Jam in Canada. And I've been playing catch-up, um, obviously, after a few days out. Still haven't seen uh, TV. It, 
are we are we are we going to be able to watch these games? Oh yeah, oh yeah, you're going to be able to watch them. Nice. We we told you last week on Kentucky roll call. Fear not, you're going to be able to watch these games. Although, admittedly, I'll take like the smallest little uncapitalized L as possible because the game against Canada actually, at least at this moment, won't be able to be viewed live. Roush, a good old 2002 UK football tape delay, baby. Oh, man, a tape delay? I think a midnight tape delay, too. I think the games are like 8 or 8.30, but you won't be able to watch it back here in the States until midnight. Like when UK lost to Utah that one year when they didn't start till what, 11 p.m.? Oh, God. Yeah, my least favorite. That was on signing day, too. What a nightmare game that was. I'm so (laughs) – I'm curious. Are we going to be, like, live tweeting during the – during the game, the radio stuff, and then you the, hear the radio. The radio is going to be to that'll be live. So yeah, I guess it'll just be radio live <laughs> tweeting. Although it's going to be hilarious, like people trying to get critical off a radio call. Well, Wagner turned it over. It was supposedly a really bad one. Get him out of the game. Of course, you didn't get to see it. Uh, and it, but then you get the second wave of people watching it online for the first time. Yeah, but I don't know what the social media, what that's going to look like right, um, right. When, w- at midnight at that at that hour. But it's going to be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, all of them will be live except for that game against Canada. United States is going to play, what, Wednesday? Is it Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday? Yeah. Okay. I, I believe so, yeah. Wednesday yeah. at one thirty is the, the that's first, game, against first Ger- game. That's a game against Germany, which we did get. We finally got their lineups, which uh, or their roster, I should say, which is exciting. None of the names stood out to me, but after doing a little bit more research, there there are a couple there are a couple guys that maybe we should know. Uh, that'll be at one thirty. Then the Thursday games against Canada, I think that's at eight, and then they'll get Africa on Saturday, and then if they make it to the gold medal game, they will get to play on Sunday, and all three of those four will be broadcasted. Live. Yeah, Roush, you've been gone so long. Speaking of social media, have you made your threads account yet? Uh I no. Uh, no no threads. Um oh, I, was, still, I could have lost a bet on that. I would have thought maybe you you had threaded it up by now. I'm still not sure. Is it Facebook that that's doing threads? Is yeah. That... So like you know, Zuckerberg, it's called Meta now, and Meta owns right, Facebook, right. Instagram. So this All is that. a this is a meta Twitter. I'm, Threat. Okay, is it is it good? I um I did a very good job staying off my phone. Um, so much so we we for um, almost forgot to take a picture while we were down there. And no. man, the wife, the future wife, would have been pissed. So we got pictures on the final night. I, I, I saw those this morning, route. Hey, did by the way, you said you stayed in an Airbnb. I'm not a big Airbnb guy, so just curious how it stacked up versus the Candleloft, the one we stayed at in Bowling Green. Oh man, the Candleloft, great place down there in Bowling Green. I, the thing that's great about Airbnbs is your ability to be just close to everything. Um, and that was, I mean, when we were down there in Bowling Green, you're right in the middle of the square, right? Just walk across the street to all the restaurants. Um, the minor league baseball park was only a block or two away. So having the convenience along with the nice amenities, top notch, uh, so I love the candle off, man. When we were down there in Bowling Green, um, it, but yeah, it was it was it, proximity is is everything. So uh, being able to be 
close nearby to stuff is uh it's imperative so that was the case down there as well yeah we we, awesome. we were within walking distance to the the uptown bar district and all the other stuff and uh really cool i did think it was funny one of the bars we went to it was a 23 and, and older bar um because nice. they just didn't want college kids to get in which i, I mean it d- doesn't matter in july college of charleston isn't in session um but uh but I, I just thought that would be a funny bit like going out for my 21st birthday and you just expect to just strolling in wherever you go and uh nope nope that <laughs> not at that place which that was the place where we i don't know somebody in our group got to talking to somebody uh you know there's a couple uh, younger girls and an older guy who was really nice he was buying drinks for the table um he was dating one of the younger girls and he met her because he was previously engaged to the mom called off the wedding started dating the 23 year old daughter just wow I, I think maybe they were twisting your leg i i don't think so man i really don't i Kind of maybe sounds like a maybe a kind of like sleazy situation, and maybe oh. they just wanted you all to think like, "Wow, these people are partiers and are down." Maybe they viewed you all as potential clients. I the the money down there, like there there was a couple of times where it was just like, "Man, we we're in, we're with these people. We're in the same." <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to be here or not because that's where the the elite southern aristocracy will go to vacation um the francis marion hotel down there is you know old as can be like that's where the the senators stay when they're in town um you know one of the guys we were talking to he's like yeah i was working there and we just we had a floor of suites of senators and they're you know 1500 to two grand a night for just the basic suite It, it it had some very cool, but like, man, this is, are we sure we're supposed to be here? So that daughter, mom-daughter story reminds me, did you all see who Michael Jordan's son is dating? Yes. Yes. That is, that is wild. Uh, poor uh, poor Scotty Pippen. Um, his ex-wife is dating his old teammate's daughter. Son. son excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And they're very public, too. Like, don't they have... Uh, Marcus Jordan and Larsa Pippen have a podcast, or they're doing a TV show or something. I, I, I'm not, very... I'm not sure about that, but I, I saw yesterday that they were dating because Michael Jordan had come out with some quotes that he hated it, and I was like, "Whoa, that would be, that would be wild." I, I mean, it, it is wild. There, there's really no other way. I think they're 16 years it. apart. I want to say. Yeah, I wonder also like how they how they met, <laughs> or like. Did she like tell stories of like I remember when he'd bring you around as a little kid? You've always been a little cutie. Well, yeah, that'd be weird. We know Scoots has a pretty wide age range for his potential list of uh, suitors, ladies. Yeah, suitors—that's a good word for it. I feel like that wide range works only if you didn't meet them. <laughs> they were uh, younger, because like. Think about it in high school, two years difference was an eternity, right? Oh yeah. But when you're older, it doesn't matter. I just can't ugh, that that yeah. That part's weird. Part is a little weird. Do you want me to tell you all about the new rules in college football now or next 
segment. And they're not new Ooh. or anything. We talked about this months ago, but I just figured I'd remind everybody. Oh, we need to take a break and then get the reminders. Okay. Just a brief little reminder. It, it popped up on a social media app where I was like, oh, I kind of forgot about these. And if I forgot about these, that probably means some other folks did as well. So we'll do that. We'll get back. We'll talk some UK basketball. We're getting more interviews from players. They've made it safely up to Canada and are practicing for the opener in the Global Jam, which we said is Wednesday. We've got a jam-packed Kentucky roll call for you. Hit up the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450 and hit up the Thornton's around you in the Louisville area. Today, this is KRC. I'm Big X. We'll be right back. Roll. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Everyone has called me Dwayne all day. I think Jim Halpert paid them to. With Walker and Roush. Yes. Five bucks each, and it was totally worth it. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Right before the break, I told you a little bit about okay. But maybe you didn't know that you could get a 32-ounce soft drink for only 89 cents. They've got fresh fruit, breakfast sandwiches, donuts. It's the perfect way to get your week started at Thornton's. Go in today, and you'll save money at the pump each and every time. If you've got your Refresher and Rewards app, all you got to do is punch in your number there at the pump, and then, boom, five cents off a gallon right then, right there. They're the best, and we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502 414 very quickly, the new rules in college football you may have forgotten about, the three biggest ones. One, after first downs, the clock, it's just going to keep on tick, tick, ticking unless it's the under two minutes of each half, in which case then it will stop like the old days. This is used to try to make things go a little bit quicker. Number two, uh, dead ball plays at the end of quarters are not going to be untimed downs at the end of the quarter. They're just going to play them the next quarter. So if there's a pass interference on the last play of the first quarter, they're not going to just run one more play with zero seconds on the clock. Uh, Instead, they will just go to the second quarter where the first play with the penalty installed will be be played. And then third, no more back-to-back timeouts. So mostly you see that in icing the kicker situations. No more timeout, double timeout. Sometimes you'll see it in basketball where you'll get like, all right, timeout, and then they'll line up again, and the coach won't see how he likes the uh, opposing defense lined up or something like that, and he'll call another timeout. You'll get that in football from time to time. Not as It's much. Most, mostly just icing out kickers. Mostly right. icing out kickers. Yeah. You're right about that. So those are the three speeding up the game rules that are going to be here before you know it because football season – is right around the corner. So I saw that. I figured I'd just remind people. It has nothing to do with anything topical or anything to do with the the show today. If we wanted to bring it into a football discussion, it'd be like, oh, if you're – we had a discussion last week, Roush, off of a Justin Rowland article about the pros and cons of UK. And one of the cons that Justin Rowland said is there's no proven workhorse running back. So to bring this to a conversation we had last week, 
if you had a Benny Snell or Chris Rodriguez with the clock not running after first downs, that's even more ball control, time of possession advantage for Mark Stoops. And we know just how much he loves to win time of possession and have the ball in his offense. Uh, but I guess while we're talking about all this and wrapping it up in a pretty bow, we debated whether or not UK actually does or does not have a proven workhorse in the backfield. Do you think they do or they do not? Ray Davis is awfully close to one, um, but I I don't think he'll be used like a workhorse. Uh, he averaged around, you know, I, I don't think he ever went over 20 carries for Vanderbilt last year, if I'm not mistaken. I'm a little rusty on my Ray Davis stats. But, yeah, I mean, but like there's a difference between saying there's a proven workhorse and there's a Benny Snell proven workhorse, right? Like, or Chris Rodriguez, where you just know, I mean, they're, two of the greatest running backs we've ever seen at the University of Kentucky for crying out loud. Like this is going to, it's hard to, it's hard to compare them. Right. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I don't think it's either necessarily a big issue either. I mean, do you, do you need, while it would be beneficial under this new scenario, if you have four or five guys that you plan on rotating in, that aren't necessarily even the strength of your team either, right? Your strength of your team is in the passing game. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't want there to be a workhorse. I don't want – unless the, Jamar, uh, Jamarion Wilcox is just turns into be a badass. Like, I don't I don't want anybody getting 20 carries a game, TJ. Man, this all sounds familiar. Well, we had to get Roush's opinion on it. He's the football guy, Scoot. Yeah, but no, that's what I'm saying. That's a, This is verbatim what we said on Friday. So it's nice to get some some backup get in the, that. Get the football brain to yeah. agree yeah. with us. Exactly. Us yeah, I agree Ooh. with you. And from like a workhorse standpoint, it's a little subjective, but he was second in the SEC in carry attempt, in rushing attempts last year. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, it, right. I mean... <laughs> and, and, and number and number one had an extra game on him because Vanderbilt didn't make a bowl game. So, uh, and, and just for comparison's sakes, he was fourth in the SEC in rushing yards last year. We're talking about Vanderbilt running back Ray Davis, who transferred to Kentucky, expected to be number one. Chris Rodriguez, obviously suspended four games, probably would have surpassed Ray Davis had he not been suspended four games. Almost certainly would have. Uh, he was eighth. So, just just for. Just throwing some numbers there at you. Okay, good. Yeah, Scoots, I yep. agree. It's nice to have the the yeah. affirmation here from old Roushey. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Um, I admittedly, you know, last weekend wasn't the most exciting sports time, but it was fun to uh, get back in the mix and start talking, you know, little college football. Like, I, you know, next week we get media days and, and things are starting to feel real. We they're doing the thing on ESPNU where they're showing um, the, the replay college football games from last year. Um, you've got like the SEC Network takeover days where you're getting a lot of old college football games. So that's getting us buzzing. But the thing, the sporting uh, event that everybody was talking about, though, was just Ellie De La Cruz. Again, doing something. You're just like, what? How is that? Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie How is that happening? Like how how he just keeps doing things you didn't know people could do in Major League Baseball, and I want to say it was on Friday was when he stole Saturday. <laughs> he stole three Saturday. Yeah, he stole second, third, and home, all in the same at bat. And 
Justin, I, I saw the clip and I'm still just like, how did he, he runs the third and then they're just all kind of standing around. He's just like, Oh, don't mind if I do, I'm going to run home as well. I've, I've never, it's crazy. I've, I've probably watched that video no less than 25 times. And I get so much satisfaction out of it every time. Anytime you see somebody steal home, it's just such a rare feat that it's exciting. But when it's Ellie and he's got the locks flowing behind him and he's running 48 miles an hour, it just, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's so awesome. And and the All-Star break starts now. Guess who's in first place in the division? Baby, woo! Yeah pumped i i just love how effortless everything ellie de la cruz does i mean nothing looks like he's even straining himself it's just like he's playing a different sport than everybody else out there yeah, crazy absolutely nuts yeah he is a freak and it looks like he could play and be successful at several different sports he's right. incredibly fast he's obviously got some power he's athletic uh there, there would be some years where the Bengals probably need him at wide receiver. Not, not current, not currently with their setup they've got right now. They're, they're in pretty good shape there. But there'd be previous years where oh. like, hey, we need that speed. We need that speed on the football. He yeah. would definitely be a baller cornerback. For yeah, sure, probably so. Pro- probably so. Yeah, the Reds are in first place. It is the All Star break. Uh, not that anybody cares, but I bring them up because I part of me part of my radio show. The Red Sox in last place, although five games above 500, which if you would have told me at the beginning of the season at the All-Star break, do you want to be five games above 500? I'd be like, hell Man. yeah. Uh, I would not think that that would have you nine games back in the division and in last place, but that's uh, that's where the Red Sox are at. But hey, they're they're on a nice little winning streak. I think they've won eight out of their last ten, so they're doing all right. Well, I, I think the real moral of the story here is – your dad, TJ, see having the foresight to know the Reds were going to be humming this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need we need to get his college football future bets. Just who who we got to keep an eye on. He he can be like our um um you know they'd have the octopus or we had the NBA Finals the dog that would shoot the balls down the stairs. Mm-hmm. We we need Terry Seniors uh, locks for college football season. Maybe he could be our PT's Picks of the Week guest picker this year. Uh, could be I, worse I, than Big Bag Dave. No, he certainly couldn't. I, I'll, I'll get his take. I'm curious what he's going to do with his winnings. Is he going to want to put it towards another future bet? Will he say, you know, what are the Reds' odds to win the division? Because he's 15 wins out from collecting on the bet. Oh, the wow. season win total was 65, 65 and a half. So I guess there's 16 wins out from being able to win the bet. Like, theoretically, you know, he could get it mid-August, probably should have it by mid-August, really, with the way that the Reds have been playing. And I wonder if he's going to want to reinvest it. I wonder if he's going to just want to take it and say, all right, I'll I'll just take my winnings and be happy. Uh, I'm curious, but I'll be sure to let everybody in the radio audience know, yeah, he did call it. I I don't know if he actually did call it. But he was like, I just say I want I want something to follow along with this baseball season. <laughs> and he's glad he did. He brings it up to me every day. It's 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 nice. I like it. Uh, he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll almost, he'll bring up Ellie Steele and home too as well when I see him at the office later today. So always, always good stuff. Uh what you know it's not good stuff though, is did you all keep up at all with the Bob Huggins stuff this weekend? Oh my gosh. Yeah, wild. That uh what are you? What are you doing, Huggins? Like the the hay was in the barn. You can't you can't undo what you did. 
so everybody's going to be talking about it all week. Uh, definitely today, you're going to if you if you're somebody that just has different radio shows on in the office throughout the day, similar to what I do uh, when I'm not out on inspections. But when I'm out on inspections, means I'm driving, so I'm still flipping around to different radio shows and podcasts and stuff like that. You're going to hear a lot about this. We're kind of getting the first take at it with it being 7 a.m. on Monday. But I'm first off a little already fatigued about it, and we haven't even discussed it or gotten into it. But just I think I think I feel confident about this. This is nothing more than just like you're going to be paying me what like you're going to be paying out my contract. Yeah. And by, yeah. And by me doing this, like it just goes to show that like, hey, we didn't have any dotted I's and cross T's on my quote unquote resignation. Actually, my resignation never happened. So you guys are either going to need to fire me for, but you just think that that'd be able to be able to fire him for cause and not have to worry about paying out his contract. That, yeah. That's the thing that I don't understand is that like, wouldn't, wouldn't they have more than enough reason to fire him for cause where there wouldn't be any contract, you know, buyout negotiations to begin with. Right. Right. Like I know. So essentially Huggins has an attorney saying that no, Bob didn't, resign his wife just texted saying he wanted to resign um he still wants to be the coach in west virginia is saying well no 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 no, hold up here first off we have the receipts we have an email that and that's why we put out this statement secondly he met with the players and told them he intended to resign the day after it so uh not really sure what you're doing here, but yes, that is the, I'm sure that is the angle is they want some sort of buyout, but after, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was explicitly stated after his phone call to the Cincinnati radio station that if he had one more mess up, he was out. So I, you know, I'm no contract law expert. I feel like they're, like you said, the TJ, there'd be very little wiggle room for even the most savvy of lawyers to try to squeeze a little more money out of West Virginia. Yeah, it's and, and like you had people, you had the national media. This is a sad end to Bob Hogan's career. I, I don't, I could be wrong because I, I think the sad end already happened with Bob Huggins. I don't think this is anything more than just maybe like a footnote. In, in his Wikipedia page. But the sad end already had because it's over. It's He's not getting right, his job right. back. I think there were some people that actually thought that this was a play to get his job back, maybe because that's what Bob Huggins said. So it's easy to kind of understand maybe where you'd get that from. Uh, he wants to be reinstated. Well, he, I would like to think they know that there is a 0% chance of that happening. And you have some West Virginia fans be like, why not, why not do it? See if you can get some of those other players back. No. It's not happening. Trey Mitchell's the Kentucky Wildcat. He's not going back to West Virginia, even if Bob Huggins in some magical, magical Candyland fantasy world did get reinstated. But I, I took this simply as we're going to want more money out of you, West Virginia, and we're going to be difficult about it. Where again, if I'm West Virginia, and and they answered back pretty pretty strongly, just like he did resign. We feel confident about all this. We've already moved on. We're 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 going in a different direction. But they shouldn't. They, they really shouldn't back down. They would have – I hope that they don't pay Bob Huggins anything. And I had nothing really against Bob Huggins. I liked him in the grand scheme of things and coaching. Probably like him a little bit less 
I don't, you know, I don't think he's necessarily a terrible person or anything like that. I don't know. Don't really know him personally to be able to comment on that. But West Virginia needs to not back down. Bob Huggins could not no longer be your coach after you, you probably could be okay with one of them. And West Virginia said as much after the radio interview. You can't do two of them, and you can't do two of them in the in the span of a month and a half, two months, whatever it was. So I, I would hope West Virginia would be pretty strong on this, but they've they're athletic. It's been kind of messy over there. They're they're very frustrated with football. I think they were picked mm-hmm. to finish last by the media in the Big Twelve preseason polls. Which, by the way, it's it's media season. You're gonna oh get yeah season polls and lists one week and away from SEC media day. Oh yeah, it's that time of the summer, everybody. So get ready for all that stuff. But their football program's not in a really good spot. We all love Neil Brown, but he seems like dead man walking over there. And then basketball is just. You were looking at like a top 10, top 15 team going in, maybe Huggins' last run at a Final Four, or maybe sniffing a national championship, and then everything just went to absolute crap. So they're struggling over there, our, our, our border neighbors. Yeah, and they, uh, they've got a new AD, and that's part of the reason, too, why everybody thought Neil Brown was on his way out. They just thought the new guy would come in and say, see ya. Um, and – I mean, on top of all of this, I think they kind of like the old one because I'm pretty sure the old one was the guy who scheduled all those old rivalry games. So right? he got Pitt back on the schedule, scheduled these very difficult non-conference games. Now the new guy's walking into a mess of the basketball program, uh, a football coach that's kind of middling down the road um, and isn't going anywhere fast. So somebody, somebody just take out a broom, right? Because it, it's a mess in Morgantown. Scoots, what do you think about Bob Huggins? What would you tell Bob Huggins right now? Uh, probably to seek some counseling. I mean, that's oh, – yeah, I read this story yesterday, and it popped up. I, I had just randomly gone to the ESPN website, and it was the first one on there, and I was like, wait, what? So I read the majority of it, and I was like, it doesn't make sense. Dude put in his re- resign- resignation, and now he's saying he didn't? Like, it, it just – something's not lining up here. He is saying that the resignation was he told his wife, and his wife relayed that to the athletic director. But he's saying that like he never told his wife that. It was just kind of like a game of telephone sort of deal. And it's not technically a resignation. If you're Rick Patino, you're probably saying, like, well, hold on. I wasn't look at the look at the records. I wasn't technically fired from U of L. I think maybe I should have my job back. You'd have people at U of L like, actually, he's right. We, we we found the paperwork. It was right next to Randolph Morris's facts. Uh, we he, he's right. We can actually in this situation in the Bob Huggins situation, U of L would be like, yeah, we actually did uh, mess that one up. He's back. He's he's our coach again. Here we go. Sorry, Kenny. You can be an assistant again. It, it, isn't this too? Um, I mean, that's this is what a child does. And that, it sounds like a fifteen-year-old <laughs> who's. You know, like trying to quit. The, I mean, actually, Trevor Kelsey had to do this at one of his 15, 20 different jobs, right? Yeah, well, although I don't know if he would ever do it where he'd be like, but I'm expected to be working again. I think yeah, he'd he would do just it in quit. the sense of like, let the official record show I wasn't fired, I, I resigned. <laughs> but he also just, when he would quit, he just wouldn't show up. I think that was his move. That's true too. He he did that. He did that pretty frequently. 
man. All right. Well, uh, hope you get that stuff figured out, Bob Huggins. Um, you know, I, yeah. I don't. I don't look at this as an additional stain on the legacy. I look at this as a money grab. Which, if you, you I mean, some people would consider I mean, that a stain on the legacy. It, yes, it was already a huge skid mark, though. Like, oh yeah, like the damage. Be real. The like you can't. Yeah. Can you really, can you it really get worse? City, you didn't know what city you were in as you had two just totally, completely busted tires and you were trying to drive on that. Like, that's an ugly moment for you. You had beer cans yeah. all over in the car. Again, people make mistakes. He probably was obviously probably going through some stuff and not in a great spot. But, uh, Rush, I think, who was it? Whatever one of you two was like, he needs his friends. He needs some counseling. That's probably the best thing for him. And we hope that he gets it all figured out. We're going to take a break. We'll get back to it in hour number two we need to get to the thornton's text line well again we can talk more global jam we'll be talking that all week as uk gets prepared to play basketball always nice in the summer to have other sports to be able to talk about this is kentucky roll call on big exports radio tj walker nick brown justin Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Roll Radio. 14.50 a.m. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. It's a new week. Mondays kind of stink. No holiday this week, unfortunately. But UK basketball playing is like a holiday in its own right. So at least we have that to look forward to and to talk about. I mentioned earlier in hour one about intern Jacob hitting the eagle at Elk Run for the during the Big X golf scramble. You can create fun memories and exciting moments and big-time shots this year at the second annual Big X kickoff golf scramble by emailing bigxscramble at yahoo.com. Locking in your spot today. It's September 1st out at Elk Run. We'll be doing the show there, getting you ready for the first real weekend of college football and holiday weekend that weekend too. So we'll have a lot of fun out there at Elk Run. Hope you'll join us. If you don't want to play, then just come out and watch the show and meet some other KRC Big X Sports Radio listeners and, uh, and we'll have some prizes and other fun games and stuff going on out there. But we'd love you for you to play. Big X Scramble at Yahoo.com. Roush, it's been a long time for you. Do you want to head on over to the Thornton's Text Line? Would love to head on over to the Thornton's Text Line and love stopping at Thornton's and using my refreshing rewards app. It's great. Absolutely great. Especially on road trips. Got to fuel up at Thornton's before you hit the road, Jack. Um, where 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 are we? In in the Thornton sex line. We are. I think we finished last week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah, so we would be here at the the noon one. Um, it's catching up on the podcast. So Scoot was the eight or nine batter, self-proclaimed awful hitter, but yet he made all county. Was there only one school in the county? LOL, and that's from our buddy Artie. Uh, basically, Artie, yeah, there are three schools in the county, but we were the biggest. 
Uh, actually, that's not true. Salem's bigger than us, but now they they just didn't have any baseball talent. So, and I was a heck of a fielder. I mean, I must have made. I don't know, probably 10, 15 diving catches every season. So I, I was a heck of a fielder, but I just, yeah, I couldn't hit the ball. There's your answer, answer Artie. Uh, I also was not a great baseball player, but like always ended up on an all-star team. I think sometimes they just kind of needed bodies. Not saying that's the situation in Scoots, just probably my situation. Need to, oh, by the way, did they actually approve this in the Little League? I know I, I, I saw that they were talking about it where, like, everybody on the team has to bat. Like, there isn't a lineup 1 through 9. It's a lineup, like, 1 through 15. Now, that's that's been a rule since I was a kid. Every, every, well, maybe not bat. I know every kid had to see the field during a game. Every kid had to see the field for at least one inning. Yeah. And they needed and- to they needed to bat two at some point in the game, but there were kind of, like, workarounds with that. Yeah, I... Like, they could be on deck or something, had already played their inning, but not get up to bat, and you could, like, they wouldn't have to bat or something. I remember there's some workarounds with the batting, but what they're proposing, Scoots, is totally different. Like, yeah, yeah. This is like everybody's in the batting lineup at once. Like, your lineup is one through 15 or 16. And, like, the one hitter doesn't bat again until after the 15 hitter has batted. That's not baseball. They're talking about that for the World Series. The the little league organization, it's just it's really gross how much they're encouraging sportsmanship. I just uh, like all this, like just play the damn games, all right? Like why? why? I, I'm, like doesn't the little little league talk about how long they've been? Isn't that like one of their their favorite things to talk about is how long they've been going? Right, like um, nineteen twenty years. Yeah, say. like however yeah. long it's it's been over the course of nearly a century, though. There have been bench players. There have been people that just are not good enough. And I'm sure that at times, some of those bench players have had their feelings hurt. But I would guess that any time that a player has had their feelings hurt, you've got double the amount that feel motivated or feel happy to be included, a part of a team. doesn't matter if they're playing or not. They're happy to be a part of it. Or they get motivated. Hey, I know that I can be better. I don't want to be on the bench anymore. I'm going to work harder and play better. I just I don't understand the con like for the course of nearly a century you've had kids that have just been good enough to be on the team but maybe not good enough to get the, a lot of playing time. Everything's turned out okay over that century. Like we don't have this major issue in our country of participation. I don't understand it at all. I, I don't. I hope it's either. not true. I hope that that was just a nasty rumor I saw. Get out of here, dumb Little League th- rules. What do we got next on the Thornton's text line? My apologies for the incorrect info regarding the televising of Global Jam. Figured providing what I had heard would come back to bite me. Oh, this was our Canadian. TV. This was our Canadian texter. Um, he and he went like out of his way to provide a bunch of nice info on like what it, where it may be streaming and how you may be able to watch it and even went as far as saying like I'll provide my login so you Americans can hopefully be able to watch it assuming the VPNs work for it um, and then he texted back and was just like oh of course after I text all that in we find out it's on CBS Sports Network so hmm. I I don't know if you get it on your all's TV I, to be honest I don't even know if I get it on my TV I've got I, YouTube I TV. The- yeah. I think we do. Yeah, it's on it's on the YouTube TV sports package. Uh, 
They have uh, great Conference USA games on there that I'll watch from time to time, especially during college football season. Well, that's always fun. Yeah, who doesn't love a little Conference USA action? A little Western Kentucky Hilltoppers? It's U of L Takeover Day on the ACC Network. UK's SEC Network Takeover Day was last week. Um, Ooh, which one of what, Kenny Payne's four wins are they going to show? What if they just showed all four of them in like their entirety? No skips, no breaks. That'd get you to like six a.m. Maybe. <laughs> no, it really would. It get you to eight a.m. Woo! Uh, they are playing the win against Clemson. Oh, who wouldn't want to rewatch that? I was surprised. Like I was surprised. Could you not just throw up like a classic U of L game back when you were rocking and rolling? Because even during that Clemson game, first off, any no U of L fan is going to be like, "Oh, the highlight of our basketball season, the win against Clemson, which kept them out of the ACC tournament." I want to rewatch this and have fond memories of that 2022-2023 basketball team. No, the whole time you're going to be watching like the replay of that game. With nobody, no U of L fan is going to be rewatching the replay of that game. Let's just be honest, first and foremost. But if somebody did or was on in the background at like a Planet Fitness or something like that, the whole time you'd just be miserable because you'd see that three-win total at the bottom of the screen the whole game. Why not just use one from like the blast from the past when you all were actually ranked and decent? Just put Ricky three stacks in his white suit back on TV. Maybe that's why you like. Maybe that's why they can't do it. It's just because like, yeah, the Rick Pitino stuff. He's the coach at another coach. It's still a little too raw. We don't. I don't know if we're. If it's the right time to do that, we can't do Chris Mack either because, I mean, we fired the guy or he kind of quit midway through the year or we kind of fired him midway through the year, mutual parting of ways, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we can't go back to the Denny days because that's just too that's too long ago. Although right. that's what I would have done. If it was ACC, U of L takeover and I was in charge of the programming, I'd put on like the 83 dream game or something, Roush, because anything else with basketball is probably going to elicit negative negative emotions if you're a U of L fan. Yeah, it's not great, Bob. It's no, not it's great not. at all. But um, I will say, just being around some Louisville football fans, I mean, they're just so fired up, so happy, so excited. Mm-hmm. And and part of it, too, like, when was the last time Louisville had a sports game that they were looking forward to? Uh, they're, they're fired up for the prospects of having a 5-0 and start and hosting Notre Dame at Don't Call Me Papa John's. And, I mean, it might be the Florida State game in 2016 for basketball or football. I can't think of a bigger home game that just to have Louisville fans get excited. They they filled out, like, the stadium looked good when Kentucky went there last, but they were gone in, like, a quarter because Will Levis was just running over and passing through everybody. I don't think they actually believe they could win, but they at least showed up. But I think this fall they might have their biggest sporting event for that fan base in seven years. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll see if they get there. I was talking with a L fan yesterday that I don't really talk to all that often, so I was a little interested in his takes and perspective. And kind of a rarity for L fan. He was like, I'm excited about it, but I don't think enough L fans are wondering, like, is this quarterback – worth a worth a fart i was like oh uh, you're right i haven't heard another you like everybody's just assumed that like he's gonna plumber's gonna be fine and he'll be able to do the brahm offense no no problems he was like he was pretty inaccurate he was pretty inconsistent is what he said he's pretty inconsistent at cal and plus just 
Cal football, nobody really cares about it as much. People weren't really living or dying on every single throw he was making quite like that's going to be the case this year for U of L. And so uh, I, I worry about him a little bit. I was like, that's a good point. Everybody was just kind of automatically assuming this transfer from Cal is going to be able to to do it. Although I do think Brom's system is more of just like he doesn't ask for the most complicated passes from his quarterbacks. It's more of we're running a scheme where this guy is just going to be open like six, right, seven right. yards out, and you need to yep. make sure you get him the ball. He's going to make it easy on Plummer uh, from a decision-making standpoint. But that is – you're right. I, and the thing is, too, I don't think they're necessarily uh, – they're not worried, but they're also not overly excited for Plummer. I think most are just like he'll be good enough, and he'll it'll be better than Malik. We're they were sick of him just being him, which was a very poor man's Lamar Jackson. Very that was poor just like that was wild. I, I get Malik. It, it, gosh, what a tough situation. I'm sure Kentucky's been in a situation similar if we just put our brains to the power. But like Cunningham had such a low ceiling. And a pretty somewhat low basement, too. It was like a bunker down there, how bad he could play from time to time. But you've all just stuck with him for like four years, Roush. Not just a season, but like four of them. I mean, at least three of them. And every year he just took knuckle sandwich after knuckle sandwich, like an all-you-can-eat knuckle sandwich buffet against Kentucky. Jared replacing Tim Couch, and it wasn't – there, there was a Dusty Bonner buffer zone there, but coming in and starting as a true freshman and having all of this hype, at least Jared had a high ceiling. Whereas like Cunningham, he would put up some numbers against Duke, but I mean he was he wasn't good. I think at least Jared had his moments, his high ceiling moments. Can't say the same thing about. Cunningham, just average Joe Schmo, boring as all get out. Now, I think in Plummer's case, a boring Plummer is still at least more explosive vertically than uh, than Cunningham. And also, he should have better weapons to throw to than I would say that that uh, Cunningham ever did. Who was his best receiver? What Jordan Watkins or something? I mean, that's uh, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I guess he did get him for a year. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Louisville football—they've been really bad lately. That's been very funny to watch. A texture on the Thornton text line says, "Looking back on your childhood, what is your biggest regret?" <laughs> uh, Scooch, what was your biggest regret in childhood? I'm trying to think. I don't really have any regrets. Um, man, I know Scooch's regret. I, I do have one, but I don't know how to make it radio safe to say. You're a professional. You can figure it out. No, let's just say it includes IU girl. I'll put it that way. Oh, you were. Yeah. How could you seal the deal with IU girl? Is what you're talking about? Oh, I could have. I just chose not to. That's, yeah, that's, that's your biggest regret. That's been a regret. Yeah. That is funny that that may be your biggest regret in your childhood. I had a good childhood. Oh, yeah, that's but you, yeah. you you also say that you should have started playing golf sooner. So there you go. That can be your. That's true. Regret. Yeah, that could be another one. Both of them at the same time. By the way, Rouse, did you know Bofa was just south of Boca? Learned that last week while you were gone. <laughs> What's Bofa? <laughs> Rouse, your biggest regret? Um, um, I got in a lot of trouble. Um, 
my family wanted to do a Colorado spring break. I was like, I want to hang out with my friends, go to Thunder. So my dad stayed home with me, and I just I got in so much trouble. Probably should have just gone on that vacation. I wish I would have probably just been nicer to people. Not that I was like a huge total jerk to everybody, but to some people, I was. Especially like my siblings. Like you know, uh, you're you're just a jerk to your siblings when you're. Well, really, my siblings were a jerk to me, and I feel like I would probably take that out on like the playground. Uh, I just didn't know any better, so that I probably just wish I could be go back and be nicer to people. So TJ's the real bully, not me. Wow, what a turn of events. I was a little bit of a bully, and then I got a little bullied, and I was like, "Oh man, that actually isn't fun." Maybe, I, maybe you should be nicer to people. Uh, hard lesson in real life. It's hard to tell where UK stands with the 2024 class. I get the impression that 25 is loaded with a couple of those guys will end up reclassifying. I know Kyle Tucker mentioned UK is in a good spot with that big who reclassified over the weekend. I think it's very likely we land Carter Knox and Jasper Johnson. Keep an eye on. Darius Cuff and a potential in Ian Jackson decommitment from UNC. Ooh, a lot to take in there. Peach Jam was over the weekend, Roush. I guess you probably didn't watch a single second of it. Uh, nope, but I did. Uh, I did learn that the Carlos Boozer has twins that are just badasses. One of them is yeah. the number one player in the country, and the other one is a top twenty-five shooting guard. Yeah, it's really. It, Recruiting's really bizarre, and I'm I'm pretty much only from like an arm's length distance right now. But the 2020, the Texas right, like the 2025 class is people think it may be one of the best recruiting classes in like the history of high school basketball. Which that's hyperbole. We we hear that a bunch, but it it is a loaded class. Cooper Flag is a really good player from Maine, and he's a twin. He's a he's got a brother, and then the Boozers got brothers too. Um, but Cooper's brother, more of like a four-star player than a top five-star guy, where both of the Boozer twins are both really good. But everybody's assuming at least one, if not some, of combination of maybe all of them are going to reclassify. So when you look back at the 2025 class being so stacked, it may not end up actually being as stacked as people think it is, because some of those guys may make the jump. Meanwhile, the 2024 class has talked about being historically weak, not all that great. People were kind of saying that about this past year's class a little bit as well. But some of those 2025 guys are probably going to jump up, make that 2024 class that much better. I get the idea that UK, and you got to remember, like, Adu could theoretically be back for UK. Ugana could also potentially be back for UK. I kind of feel like this is a make or break year for Ugana, though. Like, either he's going to be good. And it's going to be good enough to go pro, and that will be that. Or it's just not going to work out, and he'll maybe tra- he flirted with transferring this past season. He may finally pull the plug on his time at UK and go elsewhere. I feel like it may be a make or break year for Uganda. But theoretically, you could have him back. You could get a do back. You could have Reed Shepard back. You could have Joey Hart back. You're going to get Somto Sirel coming in as well. You're really only looking at maybe like five spots. I feel like I'm forgetting one other player too, but. You're probably only really looking at like five spots to bring in. And UK's got to play kind of a delicate dance here between, all right, maybe we want one of those spots for a transfer portal or maybe two of those spots for a transfer portal. May want some experience. We may just need to plug and and match here. Um, So you may not need that many recruits, all things considered. So they may be really selective. And they may also want to keep an eye on what some of those 2025 guys are going to do. So it's going to be interesting. Carter Knox, I think, would be an automatic. You'd bring him in. 
Um, besides well, that, who's the other mentioned, guy? He mentioned Jasper Johnson. He hasn't recast yet, has he? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has either. I think maybe um, there was some scuttlebutt that he was going to, though. Yeah, that's that's certainly been around. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of with the the texture though. Where, and 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 this is also too part of the the way the Peach Jam is covered. Like, this is for the the 2025 guys. This is their first huge showcase event. Um, in the 16 year old division where you might've gotten some early uh, indications early on in the circuit season, but this is when those guys become kind of regular names. So I think that's also plays a role in all of this. Um, but I did certainly see a lot more on 2025 guys than 2024. Did you know that uh, there's a seven footer that's in Scott County? That's a top, he he could end up being a five star in that twenty twenty five class. No, I did not. Yeah, Michael Moreno's little brother. Uh, so Michael Moreno, he's at EKU. I want to say he was a Mister Basketball for Scott County a few years ago. Um, but and I, and I think his name is Mitchell Moreno, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but seven footer uh, Malachi Moreno. Excuse me. I knew it was another name. Six foot eleven kid for great crossing. That's top fifty right now. I haven't heard the latest on his Peach Jam stuff, but between him and him and Jasper Johnson are top fifty recruits that world. I know Johnson just tra- transferred, but it's like these are guys that are playing thirty minutes away from Rupp Arena. Kind of crazy. We don't get that very often here in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, you wish there was a way you could keep like the stop the top talent in KHSAA. It's just you, you can't. It's just no, not no, how it works anymore. No place yeah. really in the country has been able to keep top talent at their public or private high schools that they grew up with. Uh, it's just that's the the nature of the beast. But yeah, that is pretty exciting. I, I watched that uh, final between the Boozers and, and Cooper Flag and the Boozers team. Uh, they they ended up holding on and, and getting the win. One guy that stood out to me, uh, a familiar name, although spelled differently, Dante Allen. He played with the Boozers. This is the type of guy, if I'm a, if I'm a coach at a UK or a Kansas or North Carolina, Duke, these, that's the type of like role player. He's ranked 80th in the class of 2025. He is wildly undervalued. But like that's the type of guy, anybody that watched the game knows who I'm talking about. That's the type of guy I'd like to add as class. He's not going to scare anybody away, but he's going to, and he's somebody that may be around for a couple of years, but he is an awesome shooter, but he did a lot of other things as well. Different Dante Allen than the one we're, we're used to. Uh, but that's the type of player that like, you want to go get your stars, but you kind of want to go find some people that maybe can stick around for a little bit for some stability. A guy like Dante Allen in 2025 was a really, really nice player. He stood out to me in the few games of the, AU circuit that I watched over the weekend. But Cooper Flag, those boozers, they're really good. I'll believe the boozers aren't going to Duke when I see it. I believe yep. that they're going to be Dukies. Uh, maybe even Cooper Flag plays with them as well. The the scuttlebutt from the recruiting folks were that boozers may not want to like play second fiddle to Cooper Flag. So if he goes to Duke, if Cooper Flag goes to Duke, the boozers will really look elsewhere. Uh, and that their loyalty was to Coach K, not to Shire, with their legacy to their dad, Carlos Boozer, obviously. 
again, I'll believe that they're not going to Duke when I see it. That being said, UK's going all in on them. And UK's not always been scared to go after people where it looks like, you know, you're probably not going to get them. Uh, they've, they've, they've done that in the past. Jason Tatum, you know, they, they, they went after him when it was pretty clear that he probably wasn't going to go to UK. They really kicked the tires around with Tyus Jones and Jaleel Okafor. It was clear that they were going to be a package deal. And Tyus Jones especially was super locked into Duke. So once the package deal was a thing, it was pretty clear that Okafor was probably going to go there as well. Kentucky still sniffed around and, and, and did their due diligence and recruited them. Uh, but they're really going after the Boozer twins. So make of that what you will. I think maybe it's a waste of time, but I promise you UK's coaching staff knows a hell of a lot better than I do. But uh, one last thing to bring it full circle. Like they were talking about how Cooper Flag and these Boozers could go into the NBA Summer League right now and not be the best players, but they they wouldn't stand out as being liabilities. And it's just a reminder that like top talent is top talent. And yep. UK finally has, again, a bit, not just like one player, not one highly ranked player, not just one top 10 guy or top 15 guy. Because for a little while, you were getting back to that realm. Uh, you're loaded with top 10 guys and top 15 guys and top 20 guys. Top talent is top talent. UK's back to having that. Does it mean a national championship or a Final Four? No, there are busts, and sometimes it just doesn't click and it doesn't mesh. But when they were talking about how good these boozers and, and flag were and how they're, despite class, probably the best players in high school basketball and how they can make an impact in, in college and the NBA in day one, that's what the top dudes can do. And hopefully UK's got a few of them. If they do, probably going to be really good things for this season, Roush, and, and especially for the Global Jam coming up, which I'm becoming more and more like UK needs to – yeah, they can drop a game. They can maybe even drop two games, but they need to – they probably need to win this thing. Uh, they have more talent than these teams. We still haven't seen Team Africa, so maybe I can I can reserve the right to change my mind on that. But they're going to be playing against a lot of guys that go to worse colleges than the University of Kentucky. They play in professional leagues potentially that don't uh, that aren't where these UK guys are aspiring to end up. So UK should theoretically be a little bit of a class above these other players now maybe these other guys have been playing together more than UK has just for what like a week week and a half whatever it may be but checking out these names and checking out these rosters this isn't quite like last year's global gym uh, I expect these teams to be better a lot better than the Bahamas seemed but UK has more NBA talent than any of these teams they're going against at some point that needs to be showcased and that needs to shine through. It doesn't need, it's going to be ugly. I imagine there's going to be a lot of turnovers. You're playing with a different ball. You're playing with a different set of rules. Those are things that you just can't snap your fingers and get used to after playing, you know, 15 years of basketball the other way, but talent needs to shine through here. And in Kentucky, AKA USA is going to have a hell of a lot more of it than the other three places. And maybe even the other three places combined. Yeah. The, um, I, I don't know how that manifests itself in those. Like I, I still am not sure what that looks like. I would imagine there's just going to be some stretches of really cool highlights, some some fun spurtability. But from a day to day, game to game consistency, like I, I think that's where it will be lacking. Is just some mm -hmm. dumb turnovers. Sure. Uh, defensive miscues, right, where guys are just kind of getting straight line drives or like a, an easy layup sort of deal. So 
but I am excited though. I mean, it's it's just going to be a real treat to have it around. I am too. Uh, this text is a fun one. Do you all remember the game Doorknob? I ran across a TikTok this weekend, <laughs> reminded me of the game Doorknob. Do you all remember that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think which it was Do you. I think or, so. or maybe it was called. Some people called it safety. Some people called it safety. Some people called it well, doorknob. There was flatulence would, involved, right? Oh yeah. You would okay. yell safety if you if you were the person who let it rip, and if somebody else yelled doorknob, then you had to touch a doorknob, or they could like hit you until you touched yes. the doorknob. So this is a game that some people played when they were kids. Is it, you're hanging out with a group of boys. It's bound to happen. Somebody's going to pass some wind. There's a fart, and whoever farted would have to say safety. And if they said safety before anybody else said anything, you were fine. But if you tooted and you forgot to say safety and somebody said doorknob, it was open season for you to just get wailed on until you touch a doorknob. And sometimes you'd be like in a basement that only had a sliding door and it'd be like, well, that's not a doorknob. And you just, you'd, you'd get pummeled. Uh, I was wondering if anybody else remembered that game. It's nice to know that people do. What was better, oh, that man. one or the slug bug game? Yeah, the, the uh, punch buggy, no punchbacks. Yeah, yeah, that was better. No, the doorknob game was better. Yeah, but seeing it in the wild, like I feel like there was multiple fart games. <laughs> it was a, it was a nice like kind of keep you on your toes, of like yeah, everybody kind of pooch from time to time, but if you do it so recklessly, bruises are on the line. Uh, this this weekend, just really nice part about a guy's trip is I spend so much time talking to babies, and you, know, you don't get much time with the boys. Heard somebody call shotgun for the first time, and God knows how long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's always like makes your brain just like do a double take, like whoa, 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 whoa what year am I? In? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great. Always a good time. All right, let's take our last break. We'll come back. We'll finish up the Thornton's text line. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big Edge oh, Radio. Okay. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. In the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, I'm funky like a monkey. Sky's the limit and space is the place. Welcome back. One final segment on your Monday Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. Summer is in full swing. You're going to want your Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. The best sunglasses in all of the world started right here in Kentucky. Promo code BIGX for 25% off at checkout. ShadyRays.com. The best selection of polarized sunglasses in all the world. And do not forget the promo code BIGX for 25% off at checkout. All right, we have plenty more text to get to on today's show roush or scoots anything that you all want to bring up I've, I've i've hit on several different little quick hitters but haven't asked if you all have anything or maybe there's something i forgot i don't believe i have anything we'll get to it on this i'm, I'm sure i'm forgetting something i needed to tell yeah. you all 
I'm sure we'll get to it on the text line here. Chris Livingston signed a contract. It was a big one. Yeah, you know, maybe ended up making a, a good call, all things Four considered. years, $7.7 million. Which, like, you know, again, if you come back and you work your way into a lottery pick, that number is much bigger for the following year. But you're getting paid to play basketball. You're not in school. I, you know, I don't know exactly what he did like or didn't like or what he was looking for, but he's on a title contending team. I think they're going to try to keep him out of the G League as part of the deal of his contract, and he's getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport, so it could be worse for old Chris Livingston if we want to look at it without our, our blue-tinted glasses. Wish you the best, buddy. A texter on the Thornton Stex line, 502-414-1450. Shout out to Roush for making the list of uh, the on three Twitter following top gainers over the year. Yeah. You did it. A, I did it. I did do it. That was a fun little surprise. Um, but yeah. Did you, did you get anything for it? No. No. A whirl and hearty handshake. That's about it. What's the on three thread following count totals? Not sure. Who's like the said, top threader? Still haven't gone over there to thread it out. Um, and I'm we've we've stated this before when discussing TikTok. I'm very hesitant to learn new social media. It's just I know I probably shouldn't be, but it, I know what I know, and I m would prefer to stick to it than starting all over again. It just doesn't. If, if also, threads ever become super, super popular where everybody's over there, maybe someday I'll head on over there. But I'll wait. I'll wait till it gets there. Who the heck does Hayes Fawcett ride for? That guy doubled. Yeah, I mean, he just does recruiting graphics. So kids like him, right? And if they're uh, they're committing, then he's, you know, going to get a lot. It's going to be a lot more visible, right? If you've got number one recruit mm -hmm. that's going to Hayes to get his little recruiting edit thing. So. That's one of the nice things, though, about like working for a national network is they promote all this work. They'll promote your work. I mean, they, they should. Most of the time they do. Rivals wasn't the best at it back in the day, but they were solid at it. Uh, well, won't get into the weeds of the Rivals 24-7 on three and all that stuff, but that's nice. You know, it gets more people. It gets more eyeballs on your work. So they promote your stuff, which is always a good thing. Way to go, Roush. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see on Twitter, though, um, Coach Brooks and Coach Stoops hanging out. Yeah, whose wedding was that? Who got married? Uh, I don't know. It looked like know. a former player, but it'd have to be some like, you know, for Stoops to be invited and Brooks, you know, wh which player was it? And Brooks posted a picture of, of the groom and the bride dancing, but I still couldn't make out who it was. So I like uh, the, the, the green jacket for, uh, for Coach Brooks. But uh, just in general... He's an all-time, all-time uh, Twitter guy. So we got to – yeah, I'm trying to figure out who this is, and I really don't. I really don't know. But so cool. So cool to see them together. I bet – like you, you, the fun summer radio topic is picking your guys to, you know, they'll do the little graphics of which table are you sitting at. I feel like that was all of like what COVID radio was, is dumb little hypotheticals. Uh, Mark Stoops and Rich Brooks sharing a table and throwing back some brown water would be a good time, real good time. Yeah, you get like all these like charity donations and you do like the collective stuff. 
that should be one like i you know you i don't that would be a genius idea. You get like Rich Brooks, Mark Stoops. You rent out like an auditorium, or you re you rent out a building at Whitehall or something, and it's just they split a bottle of bourbon and they just take a Q and A from the from the crowd, and they have to answer honestly. I like that. Um... Like I, I would pay probably a hundred dollars for that to like go sit in on that. <laughs> and like the most fun stuff would be the like the fun stories that don't actually mean anything but are just hilarious mm -hmm. you know like it, it's not it's like practice, practice incidents right where somebody gets in trouble and they have to rip their ass that sort of thing like those those are the stories that are so much fun you probably get some uh, real fun stories of like dealing with compliance or like tutor or something like that or an academic counselor and you know they would have stories for days they, they could talk for, I mean, no joke, they could probably do like eight-hour podcasts and then still need to come back for a, additional recording. It'd be amazing. Those, I mean, especially Stoops, Stoops has been around fo fo football his entire life, but Brooks has as well, and he's what, in his 80s? Yeah, which is crazy because it does feel like he's he hasn't aged since he retired. You know, mm -hmm. I still think of him as Same. I agree. an older guy, but like not – old you know it's just because he's he's living i don't want to say how on the hog but he's living the good life the good life as a retired former football coach um oh here's something that just came to me tj that we needed to get to mm -hmm. Sydney mclaughlin is a badass <laughs> we knew that she uh but I, I think she's the first person so she she has the world record for the 400 meter hurdles She's the first one to be the national champ in both the 400-meter hurdles and just the regular 400-meter at the same time. So, it's amazing. Pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty outstanding from Sydney McLaughlin. Yeah, that that very impressive. One of the best athletic cats in the history of UK sports, which is not hyperbole, totally true and is just such an amazing accomplishment. I mean, she's truly one of the best to ever run. <laughs> yeah. Like in crazy. the history of running, something that <laughs> most humans have done for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, she is one of the best female runners ever. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> it really is. Big Blue Drew tweets, tweets, not to us, just dropped my car off to have some 12-inch subwoofers installed before my road trip to Canada. I'm 36 years old. <laughs> that is... Shout out to you, Big Blue Drew, because I, um, at one point during my trip this weekend, we were at the, 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 the DJ was playing in the club and, uh, old Rashi boy, he, he had, he was tired. He was ready to, to sit down, take a load off for a minute. And where I was sitting was near the speakers. And I, I had not felt that, that, that shove against the back and in your seat since since somebody had 12 inch subwoofers in the in the car back in the day big blue drew just being a big kid love it so much can't get enough of it is like i you know so every now and then people like to bump i like to bump from now and then is big blue drew rolling in it that like that you know you just have kind of fun money to spend on subwoofers i mean although that must can't be, be that, although it can't be that expensive but Roush, you remember, and I, Scoots, I, I wonder if this was the thing to do in rural Indiana, but 
it, I, I feel like 25% of my friends, when they got their car, it was, okay, I got to put in some some subwoofers in some the back. Some subs. Oh, yeah. The um, At least for us, Scoots, the, the groom, my best friend, he... He had a 1992 Chevy Lumina that, and he still put a 12 inch <laughs> sub in there. That was just, I mean, it rattled. Have the I, whole car rattled. Oh yeah. Have I never told you all about my first car? I, I don't think you, I have. You, no, I don't think, I don't think you have. So I drove, my first car was a 1979 Chevy Impala with oh, bucket, man. bucket seat in the front or bench seats in the front and bench seats in the back. Um, so needless to say, my radio didn't really work all that great. So I actually had the, uh, this is really funny. I had a like boom box that I would sit in the <laughs> middle seat of my front seat that I would have to listen to the radio on. So I know I never had subwoofers. Oh, oh, that's, that's awesome. No, never <laughs> Bench in the front seat. That's awesome. Oh, dude. it was, it was such a freaking fun car. I actually got in a wreck in it. I think my senior year of high school. Other car was totaled. My car barely had a dent. It was pretty awesome. Nah, they don't make them like they used to. They do not, no. Yeah, just like... Scoot's <laughs> just like blasting music out of the window. Oh, and oh. it's funny because oh, I was... To. So when we it, would... And it dies. It's like, oh, sorry, my speaker, the battery's on the speaker. Yeah, oh. ran out of batteries. Need to get some new. <laughs> so no, when we would travel to basketball games to like support the basketball team, I would always be the driver because i could fit like seven or eight people in my car with the bench seats and oh, yeah. somebody in the front would have to sit there and hold the radio so we could hear it it was man such good times and i remember like the early days of uh discman i guess like where you could play a cd walkman walk yeah walkman but wasn't walkman a radio initially i'm sure like a little radio. But I'm talking I, about the thing where it's like it could fit one CD in it mm-hmm. and you could like, you know, exercise and run with it. Yeah, it's anti-skip, supposedly. But it, but it wasn't. And that was the no. thing. That's where they got yeah. you. Is it like skipped every if it wasn't like almost perfectly laid down early CD days, not not even early CD days, even late CD days. Like, yeah, if it wasn't perfectly laid down, it skipped. So, Scooch, would you like listen to CDs in your boombox? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, I really didn't have a choice because it wasn't a great radio, so I only picked up five or six stations. Um, yeah. so yeah, I was we we would pop CDs in that bad boy. I'd worry about like the CD skipping when you go over a bump in the road because Lord knows the Indiana roadways not always paved. <laughs> I guess it didn't bother me, or I didn't notice. May have not happened. always paved and always under construction. Indiana, eighteen twenty five, or whatever year you all became state before then. Sixteen, eighteen sixteen. My first 1816? car. Yep. Yeah, that works. My first car came with a one of those uh, loaded. You, you could put five. It might have even been eight CDs in at one time. Um, but it was the CD changer was in the trunk. So if I wanted to put a new CD in, you you had to stop, load it, and then you could listen to it. You could not do it while driving. Yeah, I remember those as well. Uh, and you also like I wonder what the equivalent of this nowadays would be, and I've got I've got a guess in my mind. But I remember being eight, nine years old, late nineties, early two thousands. In every single living room, you'd walk in, stereo setup, speaker yeah. setup. The, it was yeah. like a feature of a home was to like how was your CD player? Where was your stereo? Some would have record players and stuff like that. 
but it was a prominent feature in the living room. And now you don't, you, I hardly ever see those. Well, and back appraisal, very rarely will I see that. Stuff. And back in those days, everybody had the same one. I mean, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The like the gray and the speakers. the gray and the black one. You got the two speakers on the side, the yeah. big middle portion. I mean, everybody had it. I remember it. I remember it very well. What would that be today where it's just like it's featured in a house? Mine, the only thing I can think of is actually not even featured in a house. It would be people's grills. Like, oh, I've got a green egg. Well, I've got a treasure. And or, you know, everybody's got their own different types of grills they have in their backyard. But I just remember back in the day, you'd walk into the living room and everybody would have a speaker set up. You just had to. It was something you had. A texter on the Thornton sex line says, not that anyone cares, but the United States and Canada is in a CONFACAF is wild right now. It's the it's the gold CONFACAF Gold Cup. My wife was like, they're already doing World Cup qualifying. No, this is Gold Cup, although the United States won't have to qualify for the next World Cup for what it's worth. They're yeah. in, maybe, because they're hosting. Ooh. U.S. scored in the 87th minute to go up one nothing and gives a bad PK and extra time to Canada to, cry, to tie it. Crazy ending, 30 more minutes to go. And it only got crazier, as a matter of fact. But the good guys won, and they'll play Wednesday against Panama in the semifinals in San Diego. A texture says, did you all ever see Nope by the Get Out Us directors? It's superb and stunning. No, but my wife introduced me to the app Letterboxd, which like you can just mark all the movies you have ever watched in your life huh. and then make a list of the movies you want to see. It's almost like Tinder. It like will show you a movie and you like swipe whether you've seen it and you can rate it or review it or whatever. Or you can like put it to a list of want to watch and stuff. It's kind of cool. Uh, definitely a time waster if you're into that sort of deal. But we both were like, no, we haven't seen Nope. We both want to see Nope. And we almost watched it on Saturday. But instead, she made me watch the stupid Mr. Fox movie. Fantastic mm. Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone with that one if I were you. It it wasn't my favorite movie I've ever seen. I will say I, it was okay. Just, it was okay. It was there's, a, there's, there's a lot of movies um, coming out now in theaters that I want to see. And now there's a trailer. They've got Yacht Queen Phoenix playing Napoleon in a Ridley Scott movie that's coming out this fall. That's going to be awesome. Ooh, Got, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Get, the trailer just uh, rolled out. So give me some of that. A texter on the Thornton sex line says, thought maybe we'd get some cool UK-USA crossover gear for Global Jam, but haven't seen anything yet. Baylor had some last year, but not sure if it was team-issued or or if it was released to the public. Yeah, they haven't really done any of that in terms of, like, gear. Um, but we'll see. They're doing a better job releasing videos, though, of, like, practices, content, fun stuff like that. Pfizer's making sure before he gets out the door that the fans are going to get what they want. I like that. Uh, as seniors in high school, were you the type of guys to wear string lanyards with a car key attached to the ring? Oh, buddy, was I? Absolutely. Um, also, also had um, I used like Jordan shorts, the drawstring from them, and they were even stretchier. And like that thing, I mean, it was down below my waistline. Just, your shorts? No, like the the or strings, the string that was holding my keys. It was a, as obnoxious as possible. Between 2006, at least, and probably 2012, and again, that could be later, too. I'm just, I can only talk from personal experience. Everybody had their keys on either shoestrings or a lanyard, just point blank, period, if you were a guy. Yeah. I mean, you just did. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I still kind of some days wish I did. It was an easier way to find your keys. You that's, just need to follow the shrink. That's actually what I'm sitting here thinking. Thanks to the texter for bringing it up because I'm going to go out and get me a lanyard. Put my well, keys right back on a lanyard. Some shoestrings. No, I, I was never a shoestring guy. I was the I was we'll the thick the lanyard guy. Boys. There you go. Scoots, you strike me as the type to equip your keys on your belt. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I should be so offended by that. No, I'm not a belt clipper guy. A texter says, my family got to see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning last night thanks to Cousin Tom. Awesome movie. Highly recommend. Have some great action set pieces in Rome, Dubai, and in Pekin, Indiana. Wow. I'm just kidding, Scoot. Aww. Get out there and get to see it as soon as possible. Never never watch a Mission Impossible movie. I like that Tommy Maypother's cousins are trying to, to encourage people to go support his cousin in the box offices. The family <laughs> needs the money. Go support Cousin Tommy. <laughs> uh, I've never been a big Mission Impossible guy, although somebody I trust their movie recommendation said that they like you need to watch them. They're yeah, books. that's and and because Tom Cruise is big on doing real stuff, and that's that's why like a yeah. big reason why. Uh, but there are, like you said, Roush, there are a bunch of movies out now that I look forward to seeing. But maybe on a different day, we can talk more about that. We're running out of time. This yeah. is Bob. This Bob Huggins stuff is that Seinfeld episode where George chews out his boss and quits, realizes he has no other options, and just shows up back to work like nothing happens. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Seems like what he's trying to do, for sure. (laughs) Hey, boys. It's Dylan Ballard. On my way to Nicholasville for work this morning. Listen to the roll call. It's a great way to start the morning. I'm headed to Canada in the morning. I may call in one day if anything juicy happens north of the border. Happy summer radio day. Have a great week. Sounds good, Dylan. Uh, I'm so jealous of everybody going up there. You all are going to have a ton of fun and get to watch some hopefully good basketball as well. But feel free. Uh, and the things in Canada, I remember when I went and covered a recruiting event up in Canada. Loved it. Had a good time doing it. But like instantly go to turn on Pandora on my phone when I get in my rental car. And it's like, no, you can't listen to Pandora in this country. Sorry. And then I'm like going 60 miles an hour and I look down and then it's kilometers. I'm like, ah, I'm not sure if I'm doing the right speed or not. Uh, but Dylan, you'll, there'll be some learning curves up there, but you'll you'll tackle them head on. And you'll be with Big Blue Drew and you all are going to have a lot of fun. So feel free to call in and provide us updates. What do we got next? John here. Good morning, everyone. This week is going to be awesome because, by gosh, we can finally watch some live action Kentucky basketball. For the first game, give me your MVP. For me, I will take Wagner. Also, on a side note, I will say Mr. Burks might just have the most highlight spots, and Shepard and Hart will lead the team from the hat in the arc. So what does KRC think? Well, got to go. Talk to you yeah. later. John, we'll do our, our predictions probably Wednesday uh, because they don't play till 1.30. So Wednesday will be kind of our, our pregame show, if you will. But I, I like everything that you say, and I don't really I – I think your Burks comment could be accurate. Hart won't lead the team in threes, though. Shepard may. Hart will not. Nope. I'll just tell you that right now. Good morning, fellas. Alex from Colga here. I can't remember if I've asked this before or not. What are some of our history podcasts you all listen to, or really any podcast you listen to, that you would recommend? I've been doing a lot of work outside this summer, and after listening to y'all, Josh Pate, 11 Personnel, and the occasional Joe Rogan episode with a guest I'm interested in, I keep finding myself without content to listen to. Complete first world problems, I know. Roush, glad you're back. Have a great day and look forward to listening to your all's podcast today. Roush, did you all listen to any podcasts on your road trip? I can recommend one uh, that is like my favorite podcast ever from a history standpoint. 
Yeah, Founding Sun is a is a good one I've listened to recently, but I would I'd love to hear your recommendation, TJ, because I uh I've listened to Founding Sun. It is really good. I, yeah, I agree with yeah. you, and that was a good recommendation. I'm also watching the Roosevelt's on my Pelotron workouts. That oh, is dude, that amazing. is so great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We could spend more time tomorrow talking about that if we wanted to. American Revolution podcast. That's all it, all it's called. It's a chronological order of the American Revolution starting back before like the French and Indian War because that's kind of where the seeds are starting to be planted. Uh, each episode's about like 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, that's and great. He's, I think he's on like 280. So you, you can, you oh, can wow. binge it. Yeah, you can. He's not <laughs> wow. done with it, though. He's in, he's in the year 1781. So he's getting kind of close to being done. Kind of close. He still thinks he has over 100 episodes, and I, I wouldn't disagree with him. Um, but that is, if, you're, if you like history, and especially American history, American history and it's not like anything sexy. I mean, it's a history podcast. He's not like trying to amp it up, but it's really good. We're out of time. We'll get to the text line tomorrow where we dropped off. It's good to have the gang all back together. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Oh, TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Caleb. Oh, yeah.